When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, he is the owner of this station. He is a great talk show host, and he produces in between segments. You, you I'm, the, I'm the booker, too. Yeah, you're like... I book guests. I mean, they, they flock to you. They flock to you. Who do we have on oh, now? Today, we have uh, Melissa DeRosa, one smart lady. Uh, she was uh, secretary to uh, Governor Cuomo. And secretary doesn't mean you... It's like chief of staff. I mean, so she knows everything that goes on in the city, in the state. She knew what was going on. Melissa, welcome this morning to the Sit and Friends show. Thanks for having me. Now, there's so many things going on in New York State. I love your updates because you you have your ear to the uh, ground. You know what the heck is going on. And uh, uh, you mentioned to me this morning that you think— in the election of that common sense judge uh, for appeals that it's going to be shot down uh, and Governor Hochul is going to get shot? Well, you know, it's it's funny. I read in the Times Union this morning, and so then I sort of hopped on the horn because old habits die hard, and I made a couple of calls to people and then connected to the Senate to see what was really going on. And the Times Union reported, which I think they should have made the headline of their story, they sort of buried their own lead, but that currently the whip count is 15 to 20 Democratic votes against. And I just spoke to somebody who said that number is actually up to 21. So they could only lose 11 Democrats before needing Republican votes. And it sounds like they could have lost as many as 21. So, you know, Kathy Hochul may end up being the first governor in history to lose a court of appeals nomination, which is incredible. And I think a really bad sign in terms of political and governing strength going into next year, if that's true. And that means she picked of the seven people that they recommended, she picked the one, the, the one judge from Suffolk County that uh, uh, that has some common sense. And uh, the, the, the assembly and the Senate is going to shoot him down. So the assembly actually has no role in this. It's purely Senate confirmation. And, you know, she, I think believed this was going to be a historic choice because he is Hispanic and he would have been the first Hispanic chief judge of the Court of Appeals. And that's true. But in doing that, you know, it was a little bit of one dimensional chess. She didn't see the whole board. She didn't, you know, I think properly appreciate, number one, how much backlash there was going to be from the far left of the party because, you know, they really wanted a public defender. They didn't want a former prosecutor. They didn't want somebody who they viewed as being more moderate, you know, particularly after Janet DeFiori, they wanted someone who was, you know, a far left progressive. And, you know, I think she sort of approached it in a more apolitical way, which I think is responsible. But, you know, she didn't she sort of misjudged the politics of what she was dealing with or if she was going to do that. She needed to make sure that she either cut a deal or had everyone else locked up. But then labor swooped in and the AFL-CIO and 1199, 32BJ, CWA all came out resoundingly saying, you know, you can't possibly confirm this person because of a a specific decision he had made allowing for a union leader to be held liable for 
defamation in their personal capacity, which, you know, very much upset them. And so all of a sudden you had the swift rejection from labor. And when that happened, you start to lose the moderate members because now you're not just talking about the far left, you're talking about the moderate wing. And so, you know, she botched it. The, the rollout wasn't done properly. I'm not convinced they knew about this decision because if they did, then, you know, they really needed to do their homework on the front end with the labor movement and cut a deal or give them some assurances or, frankly, say if there's a law that needs to be changed on that, we'll change the law. And, you know, it's, it's a real debacle. Wow. Uh, Curtis, you had a comment? Oh, yeah. Uh, to Buffalo, Melissa, I remember all during the years when Andrew Cuomo was governor, even in New Rochelle during the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020, when that was a hot zone, he would immediately uh, activate the National Guard. Storms, floods, snow. In this case, it didn't seem that the National Guard was activated until it was too late. What should have been the procedures, knowing that this... Uh, 28 people died in Buffalo. Even more, 31 now, John. 31. The body yeah. count keeps going. What what should have been the process of uh, activating the guard and preparing for this storm? You know, it, when you're dealing with a storm, and every storm is different, and, you know, there's no, no one is ever perfect when you're dealing with these. So let me start by saying that. But in this particular storm, they had five days' notice. The weather forecasters nailed the prediction. They were saying on Sunday it was going to rain Thursday, flash freeze overnight Friday, you know, a couple of feet of snow, high winds, lake effect snow. And so the weather forecasters were sort of shouting this from the rooftops the Sunday before the Friday when the storm hit. And what I find most astounding is that sort of the the silence was deafening out of the governor's office. You know, if it were, you know, back when I was in in the administration, we would have been doing press conferences in the lead in and sort of impressing upon people the severity of what was coming. Say things like it's Christmas, either get out of town early or go to the store now and stockpile and make sure you have food and water and blankets and you're prepared and that, you know, the the lights could go out. You could be without power and sort of hammering that point home because the public really needs to see the government saying that over and over again so that they really get it and understand the severity. And, you know, it was sort of mind-boggling. You know, she stayed in Albany on Friday. They were negotiating the pay raise on Thursday. On Saturday, after the storm, she and Catherine Garcia, her state operations director, are in Queens, where there was, uh, there was some flooding, but, you know, minor compared to what was going on in Buffalo. And she doesn't show up to Buffalo until 5 p.m. on Sunday. And then to your point on the National Guard, when you have advanced notice of a storm like this, the whole game is pre-deploying. You pre-deploy snowmobilers. You pre-deploy salt trucks. You pre-deploy, you know, every piece of equipment that you've got in place so that when the snow starts to fall, it can clear the snow. It can try to do everything it can to keep things safe for people. If God forbid people are stranded, it can help them in real time. And you get the National Guard called up and on the ground there. And I saw a statement from her, uh, her head of emergency services in the Post yesterday, last night, that said, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. And the Guard does things like brings water to medics after the fact and deals with mortality issues. And, you know, that's just, that's just not true. I mean, I, I did one quick Google search and found in 2019 a storm of much less severity Governor Cuomo had called up 450 members of the National Guard preemptively to be in place to deal with 
potential need of road closure enforcement, clearing snow, and helping stranded drivers. So, you know, it, it feels to me by watching this, and again, it's not fair because I'm not in the room, but having lived through many of these storms and sort of seeing this play out, like a lot of this was mishandled. And I think they've got to take a good hard look at what happened here and, and what didn't happen because there's going to be another storm. Well, also, Melissa, we're a national embarrassment now. Every broadcast shows looting in uh, parts of Buffalo because police were not able to respond. They were having to multitask. Had the National Guard been put into place, regardless of who was going to deal with public safety and who was going to deal with restricting traffic, that would have been such a tremendous help to the Buffalo uh, Police Department and Erie County Sheriff's Department. So possibly this looting would not have taken place. You know, I think a show of force is always helpful as a deterrent, Curtis. I think that you know, it's not just the National Guard. It's also, you know, when we were dealing things like with the George Floyd protests that turned violence in 2020, you know, we also dispatched a large number of state police to help with show of force. You know, there's a lot you can do in terms of getting boots on the ground, uniform boots on the ground to help deter these kinds of situations. And so, again, I, I think that, look, this isn't her first one. You know, she was our lieutenant governor for seven years. She didn't really play a substantive role, but she was there. So, you know, I'm not sure why, you know, this all sort of looks like it went so sideways. But I really hope that, you know, they take the time to look at what happened here so that it doesn't happen again. Because, you know, sometimes you don't have advance notice and sometimes the forecasts are wrong. But when they're not, you've got to get it right. Let me ask you one last question, uh, Melissa, and and, uh, Happy New Year. if if the state Senate uh, screws Hochul and vetoes that judge, uh, does that mean she could veto the pay raise or did she sign off on that already? She had preemptively made public statements saying that the legislature deserved a pay increase and that she was going to support it. Now, I'm hearing that a little bit behind the scenes, there is some jockeying about, you know, if you don't do the judge, you might not get the pay raise. But at the same time, you know, the judge appointment is belongs to the state Senate, not to the assembly. So I'm sure that Speaker Heasty would say, this has nothing to do with us, and you gave us your word, and we have a deal. And, you know, I'm sure the state Senate is going to say, you sent up a judge that, you know, is unpalatable to labor. So what do you expect from us? And also, you know, this wasn't your deal on the front end. So are you going to really try to retrade and make a deal on the back? And it was just completely botched. But to your question, John, of course she can. I just you know, don't believe that she will. I think that that would be a declaration of war with the legislature, and I don't see that from this governor. Well, thank you so much, uh, Melissa DeRosa, and thank you for everything you've done for our state and continue to speak out for our state. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.